Nietzsche and will to power. Thank you for listening. And uh, I appreciate the fact that out of the literally limitless things you could be doing right now, you're actually listening to my voice beaming over the wavelengths or cyberspace or whatever has happened to allow me to speak into my screen here and you be at the other end listening to it and perhaps being edified. At the very least, dear listener, I want to say again that the purpose of this podcast is to explore basic questions around self-improvement that I think every rational person struggles with, entertains, thinks about, etc. There are a lot of action-oriented people and they don't have time for books or the inclination for books. They are just on the go constantly. And I'm sure you know people like that. My wife and dad are like that. They get up in the morning early. My wife gets up at about five or six. She'll read the Bible for two hours and study and write notes and really a hardcore Christian, but of the right kind, compassionate, loving, cheerful, generous, kind, all those beautiful virtues that Christianity is meant to embody um, that allow us to live together in harmony, me being a conservative Shia Muslim, you know, pray five times a day, fast 30 days of the year, and all this kind of stuff. Try to read the Quran every day. And here to tell you that all spiritual teachings are essentially the same. And that's really the bent that this podcast has taken on. Now, you might notice a bit of background music there. I've been listening to a lot of videos by Alex Becker. He's an internet marketing guru, but the real kind. He sold his Lamborghini and mansion in Austin, Texas, I believe, or Dallas, actually, if I'm not mistaken. And he's moved into this apartment, and all he has is his computer desk with no chair, no chair, and a bed. And he's got a video, and the thumbnail of the video says, I went too far. Well, not far enough, some people might say, because he gets a lot of hate mail and flames and all this kind of stuff, right? He's one of those guys that's literally behind the scenes, behind the scenes. He's running software companies and he's an incredible guy. I started off doing the regular internet marketing thing, SEO, search engine optimization. I don't really know his story, quite frankly. I just listened to the stuff. I bought one of his courses once and I've dig I've been digging it. Why why I mean I rich then if I bought one of his courses, I you know paid for a $1,500 course. Frankly, I was paying in installments of 450, three payments of 450 US, which is like more than 1,500 Canadian. But I canceled it after the first month, like um, a lot of people do. And over the years, I've come to understand that some things are for you, some things are not for you. And his course was about finding Shopify users and setting up their email marketing, right? So you may be surprised to learn, dear listener, that it's a crazy statistic and it's the difference between being rich and famous and poor and infamous <laughs> or rather poor and obscure. <laughs> poor and obscure is actually where it's at, guys. I'll, I'll tell you this much. I'll tell you poor and obscure is where it's at and 
this podcast is officially heading in that direction, guys. So if you're not into spirituality vis-a-vis secular self-improvement, which is to say talking about spirituality in terms that make sense and resonate to a person who abstains from religion, abstains from, you know, woo-woo talk. (laughs) There's a a WordPress plugin called WooCommerce that I'm working with nowadays. We're selling a uh, online ordering system to restaurants in the U.S. So if anyone knows of anyone who has a restaurant and could use an online ordering system, then our price is $5.99, right? And that's actually our kind of cost price because we're retailing it for like $9.99. We might be hardballed down to $7.99, that kind of thing, right? But $5.99 would be the baseline. But $5.99 for WordPress website to begin with is peanuts, okay? I'm a consultant slash internet marketer slash digital marketer. Basically, I'm the guy you call when you want to start a blog or you're interested in making money online or you've got a YouTube channel and you're quite, you don't quite know what to do. Anything digital, anything out there, anything that you're looking at your phone or your computer. Um, and, you know, there's obviously other ways to connect to the internet. But all I'm trying to say is my forte is local businesses, local businesses like contractors. I love HVAC people, for example. I'm working with um, a financial advisor in Spokane, Washington. Um, my neighbor is a financial advisor. I'm working with him, lots of stuff like that, right? I've worked with lots of realtors. And um, it's taken me many years to get to this point. In any case, Alex Becker, I call him Cybermonk. And I've started this hashtag that God willing might trend one day. Or rather, God willing will trend one day. <laughs> so Bill Brayton Amway says that you should speak... Um, You know, he talks about the power of speech, the power of the spoken world. You know, speak success, speak success. This is a big, a big one, by the way. So right there, I said, you know, if I say might be, you know, because I put God willing in there. So God willing, then anything becomes possible. Right. So in any case, in any case, my purpose here is not to preach about God or Islam, which is my religion. My central premise was two questions two questions one question was does self-help work does it work does it really work and i guess the proof is in the pudding right so i talked about how serial killers a lot of them had similar backgrounds abusive childhoods they started torturing animals when they were kids uh they were pyromaniacs weirdly enough for the for uh most part uh, you know majority of them I, I dare say like at least 50 60 percent it seems of Serial killers, like, were pyromaniacs, right? And the same 60 70%, 50%. I don't know what the statistics are, right? And there's arguments about what the definition of serial killing is and yada, yada, yada. Because a guy who goes out and kills one person and gets caught, like most people, you know, is a good chance that some of them would have gone out and continued, right? So what is it that takes a person who is born pure and innocent, like all of us, and I'm hoping that no one's going to, mind me saying that or say no well babies are can be evil right i think most of us will accept that babies um are innocent right in the same way most of us accept that there are uh, people don't accept these people don't talk about these things often and that's what this podcast is for to get you thinking about these things or if you're interested in uh these things then you know, uh, to hear my thoughts my my thoughts who am i who am i i'm just a regular person Right. People say I'm a gifted communicator. I'm a great writer. Uh, you know, I'm a great sales guy and all this kind of stuff. 
I was a quiet baby, guys. I didn't speak a lot as a child. People would come over to the house and they'd say, why doesn't he talk or can't he talk or something? And I'm happy about that because silence is a sign of wisdom, frankly. And so of late, I've been kind of feeling slightly edgy might be a way of putting it. And I've been blabbermouth. Uh, I've, I've had a case of a bad case of blabbermouth, right? And, uh, you know, for several years, for about seven years, from 2011 to 2018, I was bipolar manic. I used to smoke weed, and that basically threw me over the edge, although there may be other factors. I don't know what the deal was, quite frankly, although when I smoke weed, I become manic, and when I stop, which I have, I don't uh, exhibit those symptoms anymore until, unfortunately, recently, which is, um, you know, which is unfortunate in a way but it's so hard to talk about it's hard to talk about because you know a person can't really explain himself because whatever i'm perceiving that that thing that entity that being that mind that awareness how can it how can it analyze itself right but this is the great gift that we've been given self-awareness right we we can analyze ourselves animals don't do it like i was walking down the trail with my dog today and I, don't know, I got into a talk with some people about something or the other, and we're talking about animals. And, you know, someone said dog's naughty or something. And and I made a comment along the lines of that human beings have reason, and that's something that no animal has, right? So reason prevails over everything. I guess my question was, you know, are you forced, my, my statement was, are you forced to act a certain way because of your conditioning? On the one hand, it would seem to be the case, right? People that have been mistreated their whole lives, for sure, for sure, are going to be more prone to mistreating others or they're going to be psychologically affected in some way, depressed, yada, yada. I'm brushing the whole thing off, and I'm sorry if you have been in a situation similar to what I'm describing. I mean, we all have. I've been in shelters. I've been on the street. I've been in jail. I've been spat on, beat up, hit with a two-by-four by street people, cops, yada, yada, right? So, I mean, it's like... I have reason to be bitter, I guess. You know, was I raped by someone? God forbid, no. Um, were my parents abusive? No, they were the most loving uh, parents ever. I mean, I literally cry over the fact of how they took care of us and sacrificed everything. You know, conservative Pakistani traditional kind of approach to life, right? All about the kids, all about the kids, a different kind of ethic that's, Sometimes hard to appreciate living in the West. Things like you don't talk about money in front of kids. And then a classic um, ethic of my mom's, which was a child should not have any preoccupations apart from their schoolwork. Really? Is that amazing or what? They shouldn't have to worry about clothes, food, this, that, money, anything, anything. You create an environment in which the child is attentive towards their work. Now, on the other hand, despite the fact that my three other siblings are more or less quite successful, sister is a sister is what I wanted to be for so many years and I'm finally becoming. She she's a consultant. I didn't even know this. She uh, she just told me recently she was visiting in Calgary in August and she told me 
just offhand, we were jogging around the, like there's a small little lake or or something. It's called a storm pond, I guess. It's pretty big though. Um, just um, northeast Calgary, where my parents live, there's quite a few of those little things, and you know it's beautiful. It's like a little lake, right? And so you have a nice jog around it, and it's nothing like it. It's really nothing like it. Like jogging is really incredible. Um, and and then in the middle of the jog. She just happened to mention, yeah, she's a consultant and she is a kind of leadership or transformational consultant is what she said. And um, I was blown away. And so, by the way, the reason I'm, I feel like I'm exhibiting manic symptoms is because the, it's not just the weed that triggers it. Like um, multi-level marketing uh, monoliths, Amway, okay, they produce the best multivitamins in the world. The guy who invented multivitamins was a Korean prisoner of war. And, you know, he was a doctor or a scientist, and he found that by boiling herbs in roots and extracting their nutrients, he could, isn't it incredible, guys? He could, he learned how to subsist on these nutrients and, and actually help his fellow prisoners. Can you imagine what people have gone through? And this COVID thing, you know, I'm sorry if anyone you know has been affected. Um, it's really waking a lot of people up to the fact that we have things so good and we had things so good, right? So out here in Calgary, it's like where I live, it's it's kind of upper middle class. I mean, I have to say it's white. It's white upper middle class, right? And it's like I don't see any brown people or Indians. Like I'm used to living in the northeast of Calgary, right? And it's all... You know, like my wife and I lived in the southwest, which is the same quadrant that this new locale, Oak Ridge, is in. But literally, you walk around and it's just beautiful suburbia, more or less. Beautiful suburbia. And, I mean, they really take care of the place. It's funny. It, it does seem to me that the better neighborhoods, the richer neighborhoods, so to speak, income-wise, get better taken care of. Right, we got trails around the house, around the place, like big long trails that go on for kilometers. And they get plowed, the trails get plowed. Like today I was out walking Max, the dog, and it's like this big, I heard this noise and I look back and it's like there's this big, big, big thing with this brush roller on the front coming down the way. And I was like, oh shoot. And I grab Max and kind of like make sure that the little pup doesn't get run over. Anyway, I'm going to abstain from that kind of nonsense because that's the kind of thing I do on my uh, YouTube videos, which are sometimes just total rambling, nonsensical um, episodes of sheer lunacy that essentially devolve into, you know, cyclical rants on life, the universe and everything, I, I, I guess I could say. Anyway, so back to this whole question of self-help. So does it work? You've got serial killers. A lot of them shared same qualities, abusive parents and, and so forth. Extreme hardship. There were exceptions, you know, like Dennis Rader and Ted Bundy and Sam Berkowitz, right? And even to some extent, Richard Ramirez, you know, and people who weren't really abused as such. You know, Hitler wasn't really abused as such. Some people think he was abused by his dad and whatnot. His dad was a civil servant and a successful one at that, more or less. A very old school guy and, you know, very authoritarian and definitely could have had an effect on the young Hitler's mind because regardless of whether you think he's um, evil or not, which obviously he is. Uh, I mean, some people think he's not, but um, 
you know, just killing people and murder. And they, they were just pretty, pretty intense. Like they were essentially like the Taliban or like mafioso, right? Just like human life means nothing. You know, human life means nothing. Any, any uh, system of values where human life means nothing is the devil, right? Because human life is everything. In Islam, in Shia Islam at least, the Sunni, um, our Sunni brothers, as it were, um, beg to differ on this point. But if someone comes up to you and points a gun at your head and says, are you a Muslim and, and, and is going to shoot you, you're allowed to say, of course I'm not a Muslim. Screw those guys. Right? And it's like, so Islam says you should even sacrifice Islam to save your life. Right? So this whole concept of killing people who are not Muslims, might as well just put that out there. That It's just rubbish. It's total nonsense and it has no basis in anything. In Islam, you can't even kill an animal. Like Imam Ali, peace be upon him, our first imam, it was an ant walking with a grain of rice in its mouth. And he said to his companions, I'd rather be dragged through the streets with chains and beaten and whipped and stuff like this, tortured basically, than, than to face my creator on the day of judgment, having taken this husk of rice, the husk of this rice grain out of this ant's mouth or andibles as it might be. Okay, so this, this whole podcast, I might not even publish it. Or maybe I will publish it. It's kind of like a an interlude, as it were, an intermission. It's been pretty heavy with this stuff. Like Nietzsche, Nietzsche is like hot and heavy on my mind right now. I'm sitting here with a copy of Beyond Good and Evil. And frankly, it's just beyond me. It's beyond me. It's beyond me. If you ever want to get into Nietzsche, guys, what you want to do is get Beyond Good and Evil and read the, I think they're called aphorisms, aphorisms. His sayings, they're really incredible, right? So... People are familiar with a few of his sayings like, you know, when chasing monsters, you shouldn't become one. And if you stare into the abyss long enough, it stares back into you. There's such incredible sayings, right? Whatever doesn't kill you, make you stronger. That's that's Nietzsche. What, but if you think about it, it's a very intense statement. Whatever doesn't kill you, what do you mean? What does that even mean? Right? So what, like sitting at this computer doesn't kill me. Is it going to make me stronger? I guess he means things that are coming at you. If something you feel is like a force, uh, that's coming at you but he says it makes you stronger but then you think well i mean you know let's take that one and just roll it roll roll it out to its conclusion so let's say life is throwing something at you or you feel something is is pushing against you it's like napalm death says that they that the guy feels in one song he says some you know something like divine a divine power is 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 basically conspiring against him kind of thing. I forget, for the first time in my life practically since I discovered Napalm Death in like 1990 or something. Um, 30 years, man. That's crazy. But yeah, they've been around like way longer than that, actually. They've been around since like practically the early 80s, right? And so most one of the most successful death metal acts out there, and there's plenty of death metal acts that have sold multi-millions of units and whatnot not to mention merchandise and concerts and stuff and so it's a good gig it's a good gig and i mean you look at these guys and they're just like so passionate about what they do and it's an intense and interesting and crazy life and yes at one level it's um life of success so the first question is does self-help work so you've got people like bill gates you've got elon musk okay you've got you know larry uh, Ellison of Oracle, where I used to work, 
You know, was Larry Ellison born that way? Was Elon Musk born that way? He started achieving incredible success at a very early age, you know, with PayPal, right? And then the, he had a company. His first company was something called like something like X.com. I got a massive can of Red Bull here. I have so much work to do that I just can only thank God and exhibit the most extreme amounts of gratitude just because it's my own work, guys. It's my own work, guys. I finally figured out how to go out there with a cogent value proposition, attract clients, have a sales process that I put them through, chat with them, you know, reach out to them, set up some time to chat, and then set up some time for a presentation, show them the presentation. I'm into video recordings now. It's interesting with COVID that that's what everyone is doing now. Guys, if anyone out there is an entrepreneur, you need to do video meetings. If you do video meetings, very quickly you will uh, explode your business. That's all there is to it. There's just something about a video meeting. It's incredible. It's it's just so incredible. Like after having talking talk, talked on the phone to people, right? For like, I mean, a long time actually, just talking to people on the phone, calling people and talking to them. I mean, the first sales gig I did was like 1997, guys, 23 years ago, when I was coming out of university. When I was in university. Um, so in any case, I'm kind of going around in circles here. So are successful people created that way? Are evil people created that way? Or do we have a choice? Well, let's just look at it like this. Serial killers, most of them were had abused parents, abusive parents, but the majority of people with abusive parents don't become serial killers or any such thing. You know, I, I, I dare say you take any average person and they have some horror stories or real personal trauma and whatnot that uh, they've gone through. And from the perspective of spirituality, I always have said that at least for the last few years, when the thought occurred to me, I, I think that one answer to the question of suffering, like why do we suffer, is that suffering increases or creates spirituality. So God says in the Quran, according to Muslims, you know, God wrote the Quran and all this kind of stuff, um, revealed the Quran, as it were. And uh, he says... Basically, if we had given people whatever they want, they would have just just lost it, essentially. Like Shakespearean ethic of power corrupts. So, um, yeah. So the first question is, can anyone become successful, right? Can anyone become successful? Can anyone change themselves? And obviously the corollary question is, if, if that is not the case. If anyone can't become successful, it means that people are either born successful or failures or killers and things like that. Now, the proof is in the pudding. There's plenty of people that went from, as as they would say in the game, AFC, average frustrated chump. <laughs> the game is written by Neil Strauss. I recently read the audiobook and it's, I listened to the audiobook and in a way it's changed my life, quite frankly. It's changed my relationship with my wife. Like one of the points in that book is that you neg uh, a female, neg. Now, so this is not misogynistic talk or anything. I'm just saying that, you know, most females are used to being complimented and feted and attended to. So what a what a player does, 
you know, in order to establish a certain power dynamic is he nags her. He kind of puts her down in an in a offhand way or kind of slightly ignores her and stuff like that. It's silly stuff, but it's necessary stuff. I mean, unfortunately, it's the way that we're wired. And another thing is demonstrating value, right? So female of her species is ingrained with a need for love and attention and care and also safeguarding and security. And obviously she genetically is predisposed and it makes sense on every level from spiritual to rational to genetic, uh, you know, evolutionary theory and so forth. And as a Muslim, I might as well just throw in that evolution. Of course, it's real. I wrote a rebuttal to Richard, Richard Dawkins' um, God Delusion. Richard Dawkins' God Delusion. I have a book called The No God Delusion. Okay, so for every argument that he puts forth, I countered it. I looked up all of the quotes he put in, a lot of them, unfortunately, out of context. Studies, right? And then just general, whatever he talked about, I mean... Unfortunately, I, I have to say I don't like the guy at all. I really, I don't. I mean, I shouldn't. Our 60 mom said, don't speak bad about nobody. So I'll just leave it at that. Unfortunately, it's said now and I can't really take it back. I mean, I say in the book, right, for what it's worth, almost as a token gesture, he could be the ultimate believer because according to Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him and his family, the ultimate form of worship is to meditate on the wonders of the universe. And many atheists do this, right? And in any case, I think that being called an atheist or calling yourself an atheist or even calling yourself a religious person or a Christian or Muslim or what have you, or if you say I'm agnostic, all of these are just labels and they mean absolutely nothing. They don't even, they're not worth the paper they're written on or the air that carries these sound waves that they're transmitted by. <laughs> that makes any sense. What matters is what's inside of you, of course, guys. And going back to it, babies are innocent. We all feel a sense of we should be honest. We should be nice to people. You know, and this is a, a discussion I have with my atheist friends in terms of morality. Do you feel these things or not? And in the same way, there's something inside of us that essentially yearns for success and knows that we can succeed. And it's called faith. It's not faith in God. When our 60 mom peace be upon him, was asked about faith, he said it's that feeling that basically compels you to continue despite being faced with you know, inconceivable and pretty much rationally impossible odds, like your mind and the facts and reason and everything saying no, it's, and, you, and, you, and, you, and you know, you just have this feeling inside, right? So that feeling is what it's all about, right? So apparently you can hold on to this feeling and transform your life and achieve pretty much everything your heart desires, right? So, so then... Let's say then that the answer to the first question is, yes, it would seem that any person can transform themselves into, quote unquote, a super being. So then the second question becomes, how and what is the central premise of self-help? What is the one thing that would allow a person to go from being an average frustrated chump to a Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Or at least... A person who has essentially achieved a life of complete fulfillment. A person feels happy and content. Like my friend Ginsburg in Moscow I spoke with recently. You know, I, I had recorded a YouTube video about something he had said to me once. 
concerning nostalgia or he he mentioned the college days and sometimes he thinks about them nostalgically and I do too. I think about the past a lot, especially years of separation from my wife when I was going through my bipolar manic phase. Um, so we're reaching the end of this this episode. I have no idea what the purpose of this was. And here's the funny thing, Law of Opposites. I want to write a book about it. Self-titled um, Law. <laughs> no, I, I titled it. Not like when I say self-titled. I mean, it's like a, a, it's like a title I came up with. Like there's the Law of Universality. Right, it's something I call Immanuel Kant's paradigm of, you know, if you take a moral principle and apply it to everyone, like truth. Truth works because if everyone tells the truth, society works. And lying is not good because if you if everyone lied, society wouldn't work, right? So that's one way to look at the whole thing. But in any case, this podcast is certainly not about morality, and so I apologize for digression. And we're coming up on thirty minutes, and so. The one thing, once again, that I've realized that all successful people have is this innate sense of entitlement to success. That, yes, I I deserve the best. I deserve the best, right? And it's a feeling. And the question is, why do some people have this feeling and why do others not have this feeling? Can this feeling be created? Um, I've been feeling it myself recently. Like last two, three months, things have finally come together in a big way where I can really think to myself, shoot, I might even become a millionaire one day. Wouldn't that be great? You know, even hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank, you know, is a great thing. Why not? Right? Because you can do marvelous work for people and they'll listen to you and you can help people and so forth. Anyway, thanks for listening. I'm sorry that this kind of turned into a rambling series of digressions. I still want to talk about Frida Kahlo. So maybe that will be the next episode. Take care and stay safe.